Hi, my name is Jose and I'm a photographer from Venezuela living in New York City. As an immigrant myself, I'm curious how the stories of other immigrants are like mine. From where they came from and what they left behind, to how they navigated their journey and who they became along the way. Really, I'm just trying to get to know my new neighbors. On this episode of New Neighbors, I talk with Falou, a photographer and DJ originally from Senegal, currently living in Harlem. I met Falou in Central Park, where we spoke about his childhood living in Harlem, his love for Senegalese, hip-hop, and Latin American music, as well as our shared appreciation for our parents and our brothers. Come join me and Falou as we get to know each other while we enjoy a nice early spring walk through Central Park. I came here when I was two, so like, like I know how to. I, I think I, rem I don't remember if I knew how to speak or not when I came here, but I just remember like le learning English. But even though like they did put me in ESL class, so English as your second language. But like, yeah, but I adapted and like, but now when I speak my, my national tongue, which is Wolof, like I have an I have an English accent when I speak that. Yeah, which is interesting. Like, when I go back home, like, my cousins tell me that I have an accent. Huh. I'm like, nah, I don't have an accent. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I speak just like you guys. I'm like, nah, you say a little bit different. <laughs> I want to get back to that because that happens to me now. Mm. My Spanish is like uh, Spanish from certain time and place, uh, like from the 2000s. Interesting. And the Spanish that my friends speak mm. is different. Interesting. So, so okay, so you've been here 28 years. Yes. That means that you didn't make the choice of coming no, here. No, I didn't. My parents did. Yeah. So my dad was here, and then my mom joined joined my dad here, and then I joined them a couple, couple of, like a year later, I joined my mom here after. Are you from Senegal? Yes, I am from yeah. Senegal. Yeah, yeah. So that's where my family is from, and like I'm the oldest out of five children. Huh. Yeah, and... But even though, like, so, like, I have stepbrothers and sisters, but I don't consider them stepbrothers and sisters. But so, like, all three, it's like me and my brother and my sister, we all have the same mom and dad. And then I'm the oldest, and they were all born here. So, like, even though, like, like there's certain things that they could do that I can't do because because I am an immigrant. Uh -huh. Yeah, like, they would be able to travel back home and come back freely and I I, will, I was in my 28 years of being here I've only been back home one time in 2015 2015 yeah. and and do you go back to like your grandparents yes or? so yeah. like yeah my entire family's back home so when I go back there like that's that's what the base of my family is wow. at. that's interesting you know I I've been talking to people here's the 10th person I talked to so I'm I'm still you know learning a lot But usually when I talk to people, it's like people that leave their countries and then they start a, a new family oh. in New York. You know, like for example, Tatiana, this barber that I interviewed like uh, about two months ago, she married her husband in Belarus when she was 17. And then they came straight to New York. She didn't speak a lick of English, anything. And so she started her family here. She has two kids, she has a barbecue. She's established, but... Family here, and then you have a family, family back home. Yes. Yeah. Did you make an alternative family, or did your oh, family? Oh, most definitely, yeah. most definitely. Because so, like, I feel like, like, 
assault, quote, and it's like, your friends are most likely the family that you choose. And like, for the most part, like, my friends are my family, and like, but those are the family that I chose that are not necessarily blood related. Mm -hmm. but I could still rely on them and still be dependable on them, and vice versa. And we could, yeah, you know, it still makes us a family at the end of the day, not just because we're not blood. Right. Yeah. Do you walk around here? Yes. Yeah. So I know. I mean, I don't walk around here, but I bike around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do exactly what they do. <laughs> this looks like a little bit of a cliff that you think is easy, but no, not so much. It's not. Especially on a bike, man. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. We we have bikes. I don't. I didn't bike that often during the winter. Mm -hmm. My wife does. She bikes everywhere. Wow. And her brother actually. He's in for like, he's like that kind of person that thinks that cars shouldn't be around in cities like New York and it should be more bikes, it should be more people walking. Yeah, it is interesting. It definitely, the bikes definitely solve problems, but then I don't know if, like in my opinion, if you don't have a car and if you have, a, you know, if it's only, if it's you and some other people, then it's it's a little bit, a little bit of a problem. If you have kids, if you have, you know, elderly. Most definitely, like, so I started drive. I had my license for like about three, three or four years, but I started driving maybe a year and a half ago. And like I saw like how important it is to have a car, and how easy it is to get from one place to another with a car, other than have to take the public transportation or even have to walk. So yeah, cars are definitely a necessity sometimes. It is a necessity. We've been thinking about getting a car too. Nothing special, but something that we can use because my wife's family she's from Pittsburgh mm. so we sometimes drive there nice and yeah we we like to have a car yeah. I want to go to Pittsburgh I hear Pittsburgh is a beautiful city it is cool it's a little bit smaller than than New York but it's kind of nice it's like it's it's pretty it's a it's like a beautiful city Everything's like clean and nice. It definitely has open spaces with green. It has cliffs, like more mountains. I know that we have mountains in New York or like here and maybe upstate. Yeah, but there's more of that in Pittsburgh. And you know, the architecture is very cool too. So yeah, Pittsburgh is nice. It has good food too. I don't know about like culturally like well it has like a lot of museums you know andy warhol's from there so it's cool interesting i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that either when i it's just when i met rachel she told me nice. that like on maybe like on our first or second date she we spoke like for five hours nice. oh yeah yeah we talked about the alternative family i know that you are a photographer yes but you're also a dj yes so music photo definitely i'm not good at music do you do anything else? So yeah, I work at Nike. That's like my day job. Ooh. Yeah, but on my spare time, not even spare time, like whenever I get the opportunity, like I definitely uh, do schedule shoots and also book DJ gigs. So yeah, uh, eventually I would like to get to the point where it's more consistent where I can be able to quit my job and focus on my, my crafts. And <laughs> not even necessarily focus, but just being, being able to lean on them more. Yeah. That'll be the goal. What type of music, what kind of DJ? So I will consider myself to be an open format DJ. That means I can be able to play multiple genres, like my Serato, which is a DJ program that I use. I have crates in there, and in those crates, like I, I have like reggaeton, I have, I have reggae, salsa, merengue, a little bit of merengue, like a little bit of everything. So like, I just be able, I'm able to read my crowd and see what they would like, and then go play that. 
and like hip-hop and R&B, which is like my go-to. Those are like the easiest genres that I can play because those are the genres that I love the most, I would say, and even house music. So when I became a DJ, like I fell in love with house music and like it opened my ears. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the great things that happened while through my DJ journey. Yeah, and do you ever, is there any music from Senegal that inspires you? Oh, most definitely. So like, so that's one of the reasons that I feel like that makes me, my, my, so like me, I have musical discussions all the time with my friends and it's like, I always have the weirdest taste. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with me, with me just being from Senegal and being exposed to different kinds of music. Like, like Yusundur is like one, like if not the country's biggest singer or biggest artist, honestly, he's like, I think he's won an MTV award, a European MTV award. He's, he's won a Grammy or multiple Grammys if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And like, um, so like, and another group that's, that's very influential to me is called Africano. So like they're 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 a salsa band I believe, but they're from Senegal and like it's crazy and like and for me and like so for me like I always loved Spanish music growing up oh, and it's man. like it makes sense because like I grew up on that like I would be in the back seat of my parents especially my dad he would be playing Africando and like one of the one of the bandmates was his friend back in the day so yeah so it's like yeah so like he told me that story growing up so and. So like even like even like growing up within my neighborhood, like I grew up around a lot of Dominican people, and yeah. like so like I would hear what they would play, like like it, it would be, it would be like the soundtrack of my childhood because I would hear a lot of like reggaeton and a lot of salsa and a lot of merengue, even like going to the bodega, even waking up Saturday mornings and like they're blasting it from their speakers, and like I can hear yeah. if they're on the first floor, I'm on the second floor, but I can hear everything that they're playing Saturday mornings. Dude. So yeah, so that's that's one of the things that like tuned my ears as a child and made me the the musical expert that I am. I wouldn't even call myself an expert, but I I would say I do know a lot about music and especially different kinds of genres that normal people like me wouldn't necessarily know about unless they like did the research or anything. But even with that being said, I have done my research, especially when you when you are a DJ, you have to do your research. You have to learn where like certain sounds come from or yeah. certain things come from, you know? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned the loud music. That happens in Venezuela too. Like, that's a cultural thing. Mm. The loud salsa, merengue, or reggaeton. Mm. And we went to Puerto Rico about a year ago, and also the music was loud, loud, loud. And, you know, my wife was a little overwhelmed. In fact, we went to a wedding not so long ago. Music still loud, 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 everybody dancing. And she got a little overwhelmed, and I was, like, thinking to myself, like, this is, like, music in this way is like something that connects me to home all the time it's something that brings me back and i'm like i feel like home <laughs> is there something that motivates you besides you know being surrounded by music like that did some something else motivate you to be a dj i would say most importantly my just my love for music that's that's the thing that 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 motivated me Because music is the thing I would say that I love the most in this, in this mm. entire world. Do you have like, any relative or friend that does music? Uh, yeah, I have multiple friends that, that do music, honestly. Like, so one of my best friends, his name is Chef. Chef used to be a rapper. And he's still a rapper to this day, but he's just taking the time off just... Right now, he's not creating any music. And I used to be his manager. This was like, this is like 20, I would say like 2015, 2016 time period. And we were trying to get his career off the ground and like things didn't necessarily work out in that aspect, but we all like stayed within the music. Like our music, our love for music brought us together, honestly. Like our love for old school music specifically. 
Like, because I love music from, like, the 60s and the 70s. Mm. And Chef is the same way. He loves music <laughs> from that era, too. But, yeah, like, and then also there's this artist that I work with. His name is Tress V. I'm his DJ. And, like, he's very talented. He, like, he knows how to compose music. He knows how to read music. Nice. So, like, music is, like, heavily in my life. But, yeah. Like, so you do you self-teach yourself to music to do music to, to, to DJ yeah I wouldn't say I self-taught myself but I do have a couple of people who who I can credit for teaching me and one of my friends his name is free free is also my neighbor we've been neighbors since we were like I moved to that building I think when I was like five or six and we've been neighbors ever since so we've known each other ever since we were like toddlers or whatever yeah and so so like he's a DJ and a photographer also. So like he's one also one of my mentors. So he was the first person to ever teach me how to DJ. You have a love for music, but how did you get into photography? Like did one lead you to the other one? Not necessarily. So like I also used to so it actually it kind of makes sense. So my love for music brought me to photography because I have a friend his name is Brandon Peña and He's a photographer, and me and him met like on on a random day. I was working at Blockheads, and he came in as a like as a customer, and like we just hit it off. I forgot what what was the conversation about, but uh, and like he he told me, bro, you're always going to all these concerts. Why don't you bring a camera with you? And then he like he sold me this camera, and like that's what started my photography journey, honestly. And yeah, yeah, it's it's like yeah, music it it, it brought it brought us together. Yeah, and I noticed that your photography I don't know if you use an analog camera but the visual is very analog like very like it seems like very real and sometimes with digital it's like you can see that it's digital but yours has like I don't know if it's grain or the color yeah, you, so I use film yeah. I only use film with yeah. the, all my pictures Definitely. yeah so that that would explain that the, the grains and things mm -hmm. like that but yeah I love how film looks and how colors look with film also like if you have like like especially like yellow and orange depending on where you put them together like it blends really well on a film camera do you um how do you call it in spanish it's the photo it's uh when you press it when you do the whole develop thing. develop so yes i don't necessarily develop my pictures but i go to this place which is in brooklyn it's called photo life and okay. they they uh they i dropped them off and they develop the pictures so what inspired you to do film instead of digital Honestly, it wasn't even a choice. So when Brandon gave me his camera, I'm like, it's not a digital camera. He's like, yeah, it's film. So I like, I had to figure out how to work it, go buy film, and like started using it. And and then I bought another another film camera that that, that, that I use every day. This is I use my 35 Olympus 35 millimeter Olympus stylus. And this is my. Can I take a picture of, of it? Of course. This is my go-to camera. Is that the one that you use for your for your pictures? Nice. I would say 90% of my pictures have been taken. Maybe like 80. 80% of my pictures have been taken with this camera. Nice. Dude, that's like very handy and also compact. Very compact, man. I can take this anywhere. Like I can put it in my pocket on days. I don't want to take my pouch and things like that. So yeah, like so like and that's that enables me for me to just like be able to take a flick on a yeah. go. Like exactly. if something happens or something, uh, I want to document something. Like I'll just take it out and and take it. Like so, there was like one day, like Fat Joe was was on my yeah. block and Ooh. also on my in my aunt's restaurant. So it was just like I had the camera on me. I took the picture. Another day, it was like ASAP Rocky was also there at the same block, Dude. same restaurant. I took a couple of nice pictures of him, and those were like those went viral. Actually, that's like the my most viral picture. That's <laughs> yeah, but. Like, yeah, I love this camera. This is my go-to camera. And I also have a Minosa 3000i. That's that's what I use when I'm, like, 
doing like photo shoots or like when I have when I have a black and white roll, I'll load that in there and then I'll use it for color and then use that for black and white. I think I might check one of those out. It's Most like definitely. and it's also good for street photography. I think that in my short experience, people get spooked when I just they see the camera. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to spook them at all. I just want to take the moment, but. I definitely understand how a camera can seem almost like very also a little bit aggressive yes, like this one most definitely. although you see like if you go to Chinatown you see the people with like the big lenses yes. and I'm like dude like how do they do it I mean you know so to each his own everybody has their yeah. own technique and their own style or, or even their own way of approaching people how uh -huh. to take when they take pictures like I have one of my friends his name is Lexo Lexo takes great street photography like he'll he'll like it'll be random people who'll just plop, plop, I'm like, yo, bro, how do you do this? And like, I just, I just take their picture, and then like for me, I'm always timid and just like taking a picture of somebody without, without necessarily them knowing or without their yeah. permission. But Lexo is really good at that. Yeah, because I've seen some pictures of yours where I think you've asked the people to, to like, can I, can I take your picture? Yes, you know? yes, most definitely. For the most part, I do ask because you never know. I don't want to. I yeah. would always want to respect people's boundaries yeah. and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. most definitely get their permission before I take care. Yeah, that's true, and I feel a little uh, intimidated to do that, but I've been trying to do it more often because I think it actually is better when, when the person knows. I think they open themselves up a little bit more. Mm, most to the yeah, picture. they like let their guard down in a sense. Yeah, I also want to ask you, man, because you, your Twitter handle is respect the shooter. So my Instagram handle. Oh, your Instagram. Yes, yeah. my Instagram. So yes, it is respect the shooter, and like that also stems from music. So yeah. Jay Z is my favorite artist. He has a line that says, I don't respect the one who got shot, I respect the shooter. Uh -huh. So, and I just took that bar and I'm like, yeah, that's my Instagram <laughs> handle. And it's like, it's been my Instagram handle ever since. Like, And like, even people have like tried to buy that from me and I'm like, no. Because, oh, really? Yes, yeah. And the thing is, it's never respect the shooter with two O's. Like, it's, it's the shooter with three O's. And it's like, you could just add another O or because the, the, the respect the shooter with two O's was taken already. So I'm like, let me just add another O. But yeah, it's like people love that name. And also, like my friends that get that quote, like they like you'll see somebody, one of my boy Chris's, one of my boy Chris, he'll comment on the, one of my pictures and be like, "I don't respect the one who got shot. I respect the shooter." Like it's like it's it's cool. Like you know, it's a little inside joke. You know, if you get it, you get it. I mean, you know, JC lives in New York, right? Yes. I mean, not anymore. But yeah, he's like he's a, a New York icon. You never know. But, uh, but yeah, she was telling me that I think that the secret for her is manifestation like that, like thinking about it and manifesting. But she also said, Jose, like the big things that you want, try not to tell everybody. Yes. Just keep them for yourself. Most definitely. See, that's, I, that's beautiful. So, yeah. so there's a Senegalese saying, it's called chat. Chat is like the saying of like, oh, like telling somebody, like your plans, basically. It's like keeping, so they say chat bahul, and that means like, I, I would think that in English translation, it would mean like just not to speak on what you're 
going to do in the future. Mm -hmm. Just speak, just just do it. Yeah. Just do it, yes. Nice, I like the hat. So like one of my friends also made this hat. Yeah. His name is Gene and he has this line called Paradigm. So like I'm heavy into like buying from my people and buying uh, quality work from my people. And yeah. like I have a lot of friends who make like quality clothes. So like for the most part, I'm always in their clothing. Nice. I like your frames too. Thank you. The thank golden. The so these wood. frames are actually my dad's. Like nice. so, and it's crazy. Like so, he passed away. Oh, sorry and, to hear that. And he, he like, he left me, he, these glasses were in the house. So like, when I just started wearing glasses in like October of 2000 and oh, 2020. And so like, when I got my prescription, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go put the prescription in these glasses, and these are gonna be my like daily nice. glasses. Dude, like keeping the family. Keeping your family present, so important, you know? That's one thing, that's one takeaway from my talks with people during the making of this book. It's like they keep their family present somehow, you know? I mean, many people just work a lot and they don't think about family. But one thing I do see when I go to the homes of people is I ask them for pictures of their childhood and they always have one or two pictures of them when they were little with their parents or doing something in their country and that's like that gives me energy yeah I have a couple of pictures back home like when from when I was a kid also and like even though I don't remember I don't necessarily remember that like my memory starts like in America like, yeah like as far as I can remember it's just and how was your visit in 2015? It was great. It was honestly, it was only for for two weeks, but it was really good because I was able to see my grandmother. Yeah. And then she passed away in 2018, so like it was really good for me to see her yeah. before she passed. And even though she was able to come here, I think twice. Yeah. Not able, so not twice, but once she was able to come to the United States, and it was it was just great for me to be able to see my grandmother again. And she's the reason why I was actually able to see her because they used to have this document where like you can ask permission to leave the country as an immigrant and then come back oh yeah yeah but trump took it away when he became president and i'm not too sure if they reinstated it or not but yeah tell me more about that because i for venezuela it's different mm -hmm. well first of all there's no u.s embassy anymore so you have to go to another country people usually go to colombia because mm -hmm. it's like very it's so near it's a neighbor but for example, my parents, they have a visa for like 15 years because they're old now and so they're not going to move here. But some people don't get visas, so it's very hard to travel to the U.S. They try to do something with people that got here not legally and so they, they have this thing. If you're a Venezuelan, they considered you like a refugee for, for like 18 months and so you could get like a work permit and stuff. But how is Senegal? Like what's the situation? As far as what? Like, you mentioned that you can go back to the country. I mean, so, like, I was able to go back to the country in 2015. I'm not too sure right now if mm. I'm able to. I haven't really done the research to see if I, I will be able to go, honestly. Mm. But, yeah, but in 2015, like, I can present your case to immigration and be like, hey, I want to go visit a family member. And at the time, it was my grandmother. She wrote, she had a letter, a letter written from her doctor saying, like, oh, I like, I would like to see my grandson and things like that. So, and, and it went through, thank God, and I was able to see her. Wow, that's important, especially, you know, so close. Is there anyone that motivates you now? Like a person that keeps you motivated? Is it yourself, maybe? You keep yourself motivated? Not necessarily. Um, so, like, I would say I keep my, try to keep myself motivated, but 
most importantly, the people that I surround myself with. Yeah. Like, I have, like, majority of my friends and my best friends are creatives. Like, I have a friend who's also, like, I have a couple of friends who are, like, DJs and photographers. I have photographer friends, you know. I have people who make clothes and, you know. Like, I, I, I know people that, like, like just create content for the world and, like, and, and, and like, try to make this world a better place and, and with their, with their, with their expressions. Yeah. So, like, for me, I just, I look at that, like, so I see my friends working, it's like, all right, I got to get on my shit, too. I got to, I got to produce also. I got to show the world what I'm doing. Not necessarily show the world what I'm doing, but yeah. just, like, show, express my creativity. Yeah. And I feel like that's been the most beautiful thing about DJing and photography is, like, just me being able to express my creativity through, through those two aspects of, of, like, creativity. And even... Even like right now, like I feel like I'm just hitting my stride. Like, yeah. like, like I will say, like it started like as like last year. It's like all right, cool. Like, like I'm becoming a really good DJ. I'm becoming a really good photographer, and like I, I feel like I just have to continue to build on that momentum. Yeah, that definitely. And when you feel that fire, when you feel that hunger of doing for doing more, you definitely have to keep at it. I stopped for a little bit when I was doing my photography I felt very inspired but then I stopped for a little bit and I kind of regretted a little bit but now I'm motivated again now I want to go back and take pictures I'm also a designer so I I like to like but before yeah. you get to that my yeah friend, tell just me to expand on that taking a stop taking a stop is important like yeah. sometimes I okay. love taking yeah. a stop like I I have to put the camera down. I have to just focus on DJing at the time. Sometimes I just have to put the, to, the put the turntables down and just focus on photography. Yeah, yeah. Like because like it gives you a breath of fresh air for you to come back and miss it. And all right, cool. You have this new perspective and this new yeah. way of thinking. It's like all right, cool. I'm gonna contribute that back into my work. I like that you said that. that I hadn't thought about that. It's um, just like culturally, like taking stops sometimes can can lead to like oh you're not you're taking stops why are you not doing this thing why aren't you working on the next thing i think that especially some parts of the city are like that people rushing all the time not even like saying oh good morning good afternoon just like i gotta get from point a to point b not even enjoying the ride and stopping is so important like you have to stop you have to smell the flowers take a breath of fresh air enjoy the breath of fresh air yeah. and then move on yeah yeah that's that's awesome You know, I wanted to ask you something, but I bet you have like a thousand of these. And you probably saw the question. Do you have like a favorite New York moment? I can give you an example of mine as like a new New York. Okay. So, and this might seem like childish. Like four years ago, my friend Chris and I, she's from Venezuela too. We went to a block party in Flatbush and then the, the block party ended. And then somebody was going to a building with like beer and stuff. And then we were like, okay, let's get some stuff and let's go too. And so we like went to the, to the party. We didn't know anybody. We ended having a great time with everybody. But for me, that was like kind of like a little crazy because I, I never did that in Venezuela because you don't, that's not the way that you relate sometimes in Venezuela. But I thought it was like a crazy thing to do. Let's see, let me think about other New York moments. Well, I don't know if that gives you like a, a crazy, like crazy shit that only happens in New York. Crazy shit? I mean, 
I want to say I have a just because like literally I like I've been here my whole life so yeah. like it's nothing too crazy for me. Yeah. like it's this is just the norm now but I would say like just being able to document like New York legends and I will give you a specific moment that happened earlier this week earlier this week I went to a concert at Sony Hall and I was able to photograph Ghostface Killer and also Raycon the chef and who are Wu Tang Clan Wu-Tang, members yeah, yeah, yeah. and just for me to be able to take pictures of those of those New York legends was like very important to me and especially like I'm a fan of their music I'm a fan of the TV show that they that they created for the Wu-Tang Clan and it's like it's crazy like these guys literally like wanted to kill each other shot at each other and now like 30 years later 40 years later they're on the same stage still sharing the stage and I, that was very cool. Notorious B.I.G.'s cousin I was able to take my, my favorite picture That I took that night Was of him nice. And also wow. I took a picture Of Ja Rule Who also just put The Whoa. whole yeah. Whole thing together That night And like That was like That was That was like A surreal moment for me It's like Yo I can't believe I'm here Yeah And it's it, like It was it was so It was so dope Like That's, you know, that's, that's just the way I feel I can explain it It's like, like, like Heroes I wouldn't say I'm, People that you look up to People that I admire, I yeah, would say, yeah. because they they make music, and I'm a fan of their music. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, for me, like any Latin American. There's definitely a bunch of Latin American ones that I would like to meet in my lifetime. I mean, there are U.S. stars that are popular everywhere that I would like to meet too. But yeah, that sounds dope. There's actually there's like salsa singers from Venezuela that I've been like close to meeting. There's one called Oscar de Leon. He's like one of like the pioneers in Venezuela of salsa. I, I think salsa started in New York uh, and then it uh, was brought back to Latin America. Really? You said salsa started in New York? Yeah. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's what I, I, I think I read somewhere that uh, these guys like uh, Hector Lavoe and they all are from New yes, York, you know? Right, you're right. And so, right. I mean, they, they do rescue things from you know, African music and Latin American music and jazz from here too. But I think they put it all together in New York. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, just meeting legends like that would be amazing. And taking their pictures. Yes, I mean, you just gotta like, just go out there and like, you know, just build relationships, I would say. Like relationships are very important and like how you treat people is very important also because like like I, I like that's something that my parents instilled in me man it's like be a good person bro just be be a good person be a trustworthy person and my parents are both representatives of that and they they instilled that to all of their children so it's like like my, my dad used to say like he used to brag about this like my dad would say I could leave like twenty dollars on my nightstand and my children won't touch it good values man and like he like and he will always brag about that. And I, I never understood why, but like as a as a grown up, like I understand because like he trusted us and he 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 instilled in us like if you don't take something that's not yours, do not do not try to cheat people, do not try to cheat life. Yeah. So yeah, but, and that's that. I live by those same morals and values. That's good. I mean, and you sound like an old bro- older brother too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, man. You know, like sometimes you got to give speeches, man, and it's like so being being the oldest is not easy at all. <laughs> no. So it's like you have to, you have to like, like. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be the the, the family mediator sometimes. Yeah, know? I have I have four siblings. I have two sisters, one older brother and one younger brother. So I'm kind of like the, the young, middle. yeah, middle youngest, right. you know, and I definitely heard that from my brothers in a good way i mean i think 
br both brothers or siblings and your parents. If you have like a good family value, if you have like good customs, good things, good culture, I think you know those are the people that touch your life and change it. Again, like I think this this other like I, I like to end with this question because I th I think for me it, you know, and I want to hear what you say too. Is there something or many things that you are thankful for for New York? Like, did New York, in other words, are, is there something that you appreciate that the city did for you, or did you, or something that you found in the city that you're thankful for? I would say New York. New York made me who I am, honestly, at the end of the day. Like, yeah. my love for music, my love for hip hop specifically, like, derives just from growing up from being in New York. And, hearing that being played like so like we didn't play hip-hop in my house like i didn't grow up on that i didn't grow up on any, any american music honestly other than the music that i heard on the radio and even as a child listening to the radio what i would listen to was z100 like i didn't start i didn't listen to like hot 97 or power 105 to, to like maybe like when i was like like late middle school going into high school honestly and not, yeah not even late middle school. i would say like early middle school but yeah it's just like New York made me who I am, and I always tell people like, I literally get the best of both worlds because I am uh, like I'm Senegalese, but at the same time I'm also like an American or like a New Yorker. Like I'm a New Yorker, and more than anything, honestly, like yeah, like I love my Yankees, I love the Knicks, like you know, like I'm really a New Yorker. Like so, it's just like it's, this this place where I grew up also made me who I am today. Yeah, yeah, you mean like the the. Neighborhood, the right? neighborhood, yes, yes, the most definitely the neighborhood, specifically Dude, Harlem. Yeah, I wonder why, like, when your parents like chose Harlem, you know, you know, why because it's a huge so. My dad was like one of the first Senegalese people that migrated from Senegal to here. And it's like, like, like you track those people down to maybe like the first 20, and like they're all his friends, and like they had to go through some tough times to. To, to, you know, to, to be able to survive and even like get their foot in into places, so like they chose Harlem and then they built the community here. Like there's a huge Senegalese community here in Harlem. Once one sixteen, like look, one sixteen is like is, they want to call it Little Africa, but it's really Little Senegal because like <laughs> Senegalese owns like majority of the shops on that strip. They own majority of the restaurants. Like, uh, there's Senegalese tailors in there, even like the African market almost succeed. Like, there's a lot of Senegalese people who who, uh, who work out of there. Even like some of my aunts and uncles, like that, that were here, that were, was part of the first people who came from Senegal to New York, still have shops there. Wow, that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. that makes sense. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah, dude, it's really refreshing to find somebody that's so connected to a neighborhood in, in New York, you know? People move around so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't moved yet, honestly, man. Like, I've literally been at the same same apartment for since I was six. So, like, I took over the apartment once my dad passed. So, it's like, I, like, you know, just, eventually I would like to move. And that's not a question. I would like to move to a bigger and better place. And like, even though I do love my apartment, I do love my neighborhood, there's time for growth. And with, with growth, you have to have some change. Is there, do you, do you want to stay in New York or do you want to go someplace else? Um, 
it just depends like honestly like it, it depends where life takes me like california is a, a dream destination but i would like to visit california first before i make that decision but if i were to move out, outside of harlem it would, not, it would have to be it would possibly possibly be in brooklyn or in new jersey and if, mm-hmm. if i'm living in new jersey i'm just gonna buy a house there yeah just to be able to have the space yeah things of that nature yeah that makes sense that makes sense brooklyn is it's awesome too. yeah brooklyn is awesome man there's a, there's, a, there's a really great young community thriving young community yeah, in there. an artist you know like all of my creative friends yeah. live in Brooklyn I, I go visit them we go like do DJ parties there and like do all sorts of things like I get my film development in Brooklyn also yeah. so like I'm always in Brooklyn do you go there personally? yeah to, to yeah. develop the film yeah. yeah so like I go drop it off and like I'll get it back within a couple of hours, and it's only five dollars per roll. That's the thing. Like, that's, that's, that's is that cheap? Thing. That's cheap, right? Yes, that's cheap because in other places it's like anywhere from like thirteen to eighteen dollars per roll, and I might as well take the trip and yeah. and go and go and go drop it off over there, especially when I have like a lot of rolls. So, I mean, you started with, and I mean, the, you know, the interview part. Just you know, like this is it's over. I just, I'm just curious about photography, like what you do and how you started with it. Because you start with film and you basically didn't choose it. You just, you started and that's it. Yeah. How did you, because I'm afraid that when I shoot, like when I shoot with digital, I know what, like I can see in the thing and I'm like, okay, this looks good. Maybe I'm just like, how do you use that? So, I guess like fear. Like, so it's, it's, you said it's what? Fear? My, for me, it's like fear of like not shooting something that looks good. Good, yeah. So like, so it just takes a lot of practice. Like my first couple of years of photography they weren't great they weren't good like but like as time went along i trained my eyes like okay i can't waste these film because one is expensive and before i even found photo like i was getting film developed for like 13 10 dollars to 13 dollars and so i was like all right i don't want to waste my money so i have to be more intentional of, of what i shoot and make sure that it comes out good so even if it doesn't come out good at least a majority of them have to come out good mm-hmm. And so it's like, and like, it like there was a point in time where it was like, I would like to get one good picture out of this roll of film. But now I'll get like 20, like out of a roll of 36, I'll get like 30, 32 to 34 good pictures out of the roll. Sometimes I, I won't miss. And like, so like, and that's why it just takes a lot of time and practice. You just have to continue to do it. And as time goes along, you get better. And it's like, for me, it's like, like my friends, like especially this past couple of years, they're like, "Yo, bro, you're getting a lot better with your pictures." And I'm like, "Yeah," I'm like because it's like it's just like if you keep doing something consistently, you will always get better at it. That's what life is trying to do. And like, listen, with that, that's what being in life. That's what even like, even like being a driver in the past couple of years because like, I was a very timid driver when I first started, but like now, like I'm very confident in my driving. And it's like it's not something that I noticed. It's something that one of my fr- my friend chef told me because he was one of the first people to get in the car with me when when I first started driving and and, and now he sees like my confidence with with my driving I like driving man I love driving bro love road trips just putting on some good music and just getting (laughs) getting on the road man nothing like it's very therapeutic for me yeah driving is therapeutic especially if you're not doing it to rush to some place I think it's good having moved to New York as an adult in my late 20s I wondered if an immigrant's identity could only be shaped by the amount of time that they spent in their home country. After my chat with Falu, though, I'm starting to rethink this idea. Being from your home country is more than just having a birth certificate to prove that. 
Belonging to your culture is how much you're willing to embrace every aspect of it. The people, the sounds, the smells, the food, the history, the customs. In the end, that's kind of what we immigrants have to do, though we do it with more than just the culture from our homeland. We learn to embrace the culture from our new home. We understand how important it is to fit in, while at the same time keeping our home close, always present in our lives. Thank you.